Hey everyone, welcome to episode 56 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello. How you doing, man? All right? Yeah, I'm really good. How are you? I'm very good. How's uh, how's lockdown part two going for you? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. I'm really like getting into the, the hobby groove, which we'll talk about in that segment. But yeah, it's 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 okay. Um, I am feeling it where like I just really I kind of want to go back into the office, which I have done a couple of times because some things are essential. Um. But yeah, it's like it's not it's it's barren there because I just need to use like <laughs> one piece of equipment and then I leave. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's getting there. But I'm filling filling the void with just so much blood bowl, which is really exciting. Man, the, the hobby. Yeah, we will talk about it properly in hobby. But you have just been absolutely on fire. It's crazy. Mm. Um, anyway, on to the episode. What are we talking about today, Ben? Uh, today we're going to be talking about the teams of legend. Uh, we'll also be going through Jim and Bob's Guide to Leagues, which was featured on the Warhammer community, and the usual games, hobby, and star players. Absolutely. So we're going to have a look through the Teams of Legend PDF. Um, did a quick episode already, but I thought it'd be good for Ben and I to chat through the teams, chat through the impact, and sort of talk about what we think is going to happen and come next. And then, yeah, the Warhammer community popped a little thing out there on running a league, and uh, I thought it would be worthwhile just going through it in case it inspired you guys for running your own league. So onwards to news. Okay, so as ever, we're going to start off with Blood Bowl news. Ben, what have we got on the news this week? Pretty big one. Exciting for some people. So, Hunger Miniatures, which is an awesome company we're big fans of. Um, they produce the Pirates team. They've also got a few ones coming up with Kemri and Vampires and stuff. Um, really awesome models. They announced that they're going to be doing a Patreon Uh where it seems like they're going to be releasing a team every month. They haven't confirmed if that's exactly what it is, but at least the first month is the Pirates team, which they produced in the Kickstarter ended, uh, was it around early this year? Was it this year or was it last year? Was it this year? No, last oh, year. I think it was last year. They it was last year. Kickstarter last year, and I think you guys only got your teams in February? Yeah, that's right, because I was going to take them to... A tournament in Bournemouth, which got closed uh, down just for COVID. Just in time. It. Yeah, no, which makes sense because they did the Undead Kickstarter and that's landing in February next year. So yes, must that be makes like the yearly thing. Okay, so Ben and I had a little chat about this before the show. Um, it, so it's tricky. So our first December release would include mm. Pirates Fantasy Football Team as SDL files, a welcome box of nine heroes and special Christmas models. Um, so is there? there's nothing on price yet, is there? No, that, so the standard going rate usually for Patreon is about £10, $10. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the regional. Um, have a 3D printer yet, and I back at least one or two. Because <laughs> then you have the files. You, usually you, you subscribe for that month. They give you a link with a password. You go to that link, you download your stuff, and you keep it forever. That's usually how it works. Um, yeah. Sometimes they send it into like your My Mini Factory folder. Yeah. That's often a way they're going down it, which is good because then you don't have to... like download it you have access to it forever like a vault um yeah but th this is interesting because 
for me, let's start with a good thing. For me and other people with a printer, this is phenomenal because this these miniatures are really good. We've already seen RNE Studio do this. He's three months into his Patreon now. I've got three teams, just the files for. I haven't printed them yet, so I've technically not got the three teams. Well, you, but you, you printed the Orc team for Triplo. That's the, no, that wasn't the RNE Studio. Oh, that was not? Pirates of the Orc Bay. Oh, okay. Their Orcs look very similar. They are, yeah, the big mouths. Um, yeah, the cartoon thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I will. I will be doing the human one soon. But uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, the the Punga ones. I I will say I prefer their style. I think they look um, sort of more realistic. Um, I think they really suit the Blood Bowl aesthetic a lot more than a lot of other companies out there. These would you agree? Are top quality sculpts. Like they this are. is like we always talk about the Kickstarters. We always say, ah, oh, the uh, third party Kickstarter, incredible sculpting, incredible casting and production, uh, very expensive, at eighty pounds per team. Yeah. Now I know that the cost of printing a team is uh, significantly less if you already own a printer, um, but <laughs> you know there's cost and there's time. In fact, but that is so 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 much less than 80 pounds and it's unlimited and you can choose the models you want to print and like it's really cool i mean for me i think it's i think it's awesome value if it's going to be 10 pounds and you're going to get punga stuff um the only thing is i really hope there's not going to be people out there who back this kickstarter and i'm going to be massively honest if they drop uh the the vampire pirates team as stls in the next couple of months for a tenner and there are people who have backed the kickstarter for the full whack and they're waiting for their physical copies um that could be contentious i think that would upset that's, that's where it w- that that would sting like i haven't backed the kickstarters but even i would feel bad doing that just because it just <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's weird isn't it because you're so right you i mean let's not lie you've been looking at 3d printers a lot this week oh absolutely <laughs> yeah I mean, close. And you say you you buy this team retail for eighty pounds, or you buy a printer for less than double that. Was it like one hundred and fifty at the moment? The one in my basket is, is one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get a printer for one hundred and fifty. Let's say you know another fifty quid for equipment the, and resin. Yeah, and not stuff. even that. Yeah, but then obviously that goes to other stuff you print in the future as well. For yeah. this, in terms of actual resin cost, it'll be about like five pounds, and then. Yeah, and you have your team, and then you can have all the ones in the future as well. It's starting to get to that point where it's just like, because I mean, that's why I got the printer originally, funnily enough, was the Punga Kickstarter <laughs> made me get a printer because I was going to drop like 150 oh. Oh, I on remember their team. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I'd saved up for it thinking I'm going to get these teams, and then it came to the time and I started to weigh up just like, I could get a printer. And I actually went down that route, and it's just looking like it might have been a good decision if they kind of bring out those teams for for that anyway. But absolutely, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah. it's going to be really, 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 really interesting to see how it goes. And look, let's face it; these are Punga is, uh, I would say, in the top three of Love Bowl team manufacturers when it comes to quality and yeah, prestige 100%. and just you know, it's them and Grebo, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, who are like the the rats top. that they. Yeah, these pirates, the resins that I got from them are some of the best, if not the best, sculpts that I've seen. 
and for maybe the... not quite Artel, but like on that level. Oh yeah, <laughs> can't beat the uh, the Russian boys. I do that. like them, <laughs> but I think these are Russian as well, aren't they? Oh, they might be actually. Yeah. So, yeah. but <laughs> but you know, to see one of the top Blood Bowl manufacturers go in STL like this. I mean, like you said, RNE Studio have been doing it for ages. It's it's sixteen pounds for a dude or eight euros for the STL file or something like that. It's just um, it's just a big shift for Punga. I think and yeah, massive. Hey, it's uh, it's great for those people who have printers, and I quite frankly, I think it's going to be a case of more people are just going to be picking up printers in the next, you know, period of time, and I think that's I think that's really interesting. I just hope that it means that these companies can can remain sustainable, and I mean, yeah, Punga have a lot of miniatures, but they don't have so many miniatures that i know what they're going to be releasing every every like i don't know if they've got a massive library to to do it so i'm going to assume they're going to be bringing out new stuff for the patreon only i would imagine so i i could see it being they don't mention it being specifically football fancy football that is so i could see it being their like skaven line which they've been selling for a while uh, so this this is the thing as well we're talking about is um I remember talking to Fight Games when they were doing the Amazon Kickstarter. Yeah. And like they they asked us for like what is sort of a good price range for, a, for 3D printed files. And when when that conversation was happening, it was like the reason they're doing it is because there is no overhead. Like you've made them. People will buy them if they want to. As soon as they buy it, you don't have to do anything. So that's why they're often quite cheap. Like the castless team think you have to there is effort, obviously it's mass produced and mass cast but there's still a lot of manual effort compared to just being like the files you already have here is a link and that's it yeah so like that even if even if the patreon is 20 euros it's i'm sure it's less than a quarter of the effort then yeah it's a quarter of the price but i'm sure it's less than a quarter of the effort on their part so it's probably that's good. Pretty affordable. That's good. As long as it's going to maintain them creating more stuff, because that's what we want, isn't it? Regardless of anything. Yeah. Uh, you may not want everything from the library, but the thing is with third-party stuff is when it lands, you're generally happy enough to pay a premium because you, you want to you want to support that creative endeavor, or it is just yeah. so unique that you want it to be a part of your life. <laughs> and um, yeah. Uh, so I literally just bought that 3D printer. It's on. It's 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 been ordered. You got it. Yeah, that's all it took. Was doing well, a podcast. Honestly, while we were talking, I was like, "Yeah, no, this needs to happen now." Well, I just don't want it to go. I don't want it. I don't want it to go out, out of stock. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the FOMO that's getting happened. to you. This would be massive FOMO. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also the element though. We were having a chat about this. I know in our group was. 3D printing currently, the market relies entirely on honesty. Oh. It hasn't really got a solution yet. You mean not to so, share files? Yeah, like well, you because oh. they're digital. <laughs> you can just share them. Like well, I was just don't. thinking that. I was just thinking yeah. that. Like, do you want to go halves on the Punga Patreon? <laughs> no, <laughs> if it's, no, if it's I, twenty I pounds, fully, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I fully say I'm fully in the camp where you're already getting such a deal. If you want them, just buy them. Most patrons have a merchant tier, which lets you, you free sell all the files, your license to do that. 
it's you're you're not allowed to, to distribute them. That is, that is piracy. Well, well, but don't do that. This, this is it. This is it though. This is what takes it away from being a subscription service to a Patreon. When you subscribe yeah. to a Patreon, you are paying to support that company and being exactly. rewarded with stuff. So yeah. all the Patreons I'm part of, I I don't get a massive amount from it, but I do it to sustain it. I have a Patreon to limited resources and have been for years and years and years. I got a thank you card from Marshall and every now and again I get to ask him a question. Um, but I do it because I really love listening to the show. And exactly. Pung, yeah. Punga, like, man, even if I don't buy all their stuff, I would pay x pounds a year literally just profit like his his 20 pounds yeah. you know thank you keep doing keep, keep making great good stuff. stuff exactly yeah and that is what patreon is for exactly um but a lot it's of these turned into a, it's turned into a market now that's oh, the thing and i think it's had that disconnect where it's just like yeah so that's why there's this really weird gray area where it's technically like yeah you're supporting the artist and you should always do that yeah but yeah. It's, it's entirely trust-based um, yeah, interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a way to to change that in the future. Someone will come up with something. Apple will get involved, and uh, we'll all be <laughs> we'll be stuffed. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get your yeah, eye exactly. your eye printer. Yeah. Oh, that that will be a thing. Probably. All right. You know what? I would probably um I'd probably be on board with that. It would at least work well. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> Guys, uh, folks listening, do let us know what you think of the fact that Punga is going to Patreon. Um, but heck, even if it's £20, £20 for the SDL files for this team I'm is in. awesome. Now, the difficulty is that the Pirates team was kind of massive. There was like two different semi-teams and big guys galore and stuff. So it'd be really interesting to see just how much you get with it. And uh, yeah, no, that is very cool. I am a huge supporter and i will probably be back in the patreon if it's 10 pounds if it's 20 pounds i probably won't it's very amusing that way <laughs> yeah take notes parent punga that's that's it that's it it's quite funny right what have we got up next oh more 3d printing stuff sorry guys it just seems to be that during the apocalypse everyone is making 3d printed files so uh it's the 3d fantasy football dugouts that was it trip triple was talking about last episode ben yeah he's back there Okie dokie. So, 3D fo- Fantasy Football Dugouts Volume 1 by somebody, 13 Bad Luck. And it is four different dugouts that you can 3D print. And you've got the dugout zone, you've got basically a place for score, you've got a place for um, a, so basically a team tray. A team tray with some scenery and a place to keep your score markers and everything like that. Um, yep and they've got four different styles there's an orc one um which has got loads of classic orc motifs you've got an undead one with a gate which i think is going to be interesting to 3d print isn't it ben what the gate yeah it just looks... just be two separate bits i imagine with a hinge yeah well just the the, yeah. the the it looks a bit finicky is that not likely to fail a couple uh, of times you, if you print a resin it'll be fine for filament but a flat yeah print it like like a icing, like what is it when you make tempered chocolate? You like that? Get yeah. some some. <laughs> That's some best some, some, se- yeah, some secret baking knowledge here. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's the bake on final tonight, so I've got to watch that after. We <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I've told you away. That's uh, no, it's all good. All right, cool. So it prints in multiple pieces. You've got bits. You've got the gates open, doors come loose, which is really cool. The ogre dugout is appropriate. It's got big more tusks in there. Um, so what do you get? You get all the dugouts and you get, this is, this made me laugh. You get 
Also, all the dugouts include several ornaments for decorate. Uh, skulls times four, classic, and stones times 13. <laughs> I was like, wow, we get free stones. Um, and there is a free toilet that comes with it. Um, so... Ben, resin printers. I'd say a printed toilet. You don't just get like a toilet in the mail. <laughs> yeah, it just comes with <laughs> yeah. it. It's a lid. Um, yeah. So, Creality Ender, that's, uh, right. is that plastic? Yeah, that's the filament one. Okay. Okay. PLL filament. Yeah, that actually says that. Yeah, on that there. yeah. So, there's a picture yeah. of it, and it is printed with 0.2 millimeter layer with filament. And I'm going to be honest with you, that print doesn't look very good. Um, it looks very scratchy. Uh, I mean, it's awesome to print it something like that, but that particular one doesn't look superb. Next up, however, the actual tray and building looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering what the situation with the, <laughs> was with that. Maybe it was uh, two different printers. Uh, maybe they asked someone to do it for them. Um, but yeah, it's it didn't. You are right. The, the initial photos don't. They do look scratchy. They, a lot of that can be hidden with like thick primer. That usually hides a lot of the sins. Yeah. But uh, you'd want you'd want to print this on resin. You would not want to print this on resin. It would be too big, and it would use too much. So this is definitely a plastic thing. Well, that's yeah. frustrating as I just bought a resin printer. Um... Nah, it's, it's fine. It's <laughs> the, the, the thing is the thing is is resin gets you the detail and you could print you could print this i wouldn't say you can't it would just be a harder because you have to break stuff up no well i think they've gone into great detail so each one each thing is basically 10 euros uh and that's each dugout and each dugout comes with bases and signs so you've got a bunch of orc glyphs a totem the undead the undead dugout comes with tombstones and doors and things the ogre one just comes with barrels and a bonfire like it's really cool they've gone to town and provide and provided everything that that, that comes with it there's a, a dice tray stretch goal that they're actually produced so basically and bleachers as well so there's a lot of stuff on here that is a stretch goal but again you need to have a printer for it um and it is you get a personal license for all the dugouts for 32 pounds so if you want one each of the dugouts job done or a professional license for all the dugouts is 63 pounds um which is not terrible i mean i guess the question is ben how much would you pay not print how much does it cost let's take away your knowledge of of printing let's see if we can find a good picture of the actual uh dugout so like the one the human one the one that humans are demonstrating or the undead one with the with the doors and stuff how much would you pay for that you're at a games convention you're wandering around it's got three different rooms for the three different things and it's got a whole bunch of spaces for your models what would you what would you expect to pay Honestly, I don't know. I've I've genuinely forgotten. <laughs> it's because I, 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 I it's because I said games convention. And yeah, like, maybe that's what's, it. what's that? What's a convention? We've we've got. I'm not sure. Like, I'm trying to think. If that was Games Workshop, buy... how much would that be? If that was okay, if that was Games Workshop and they're producing it, that would be what, including all the dugouts and stuff, like forty pounds probably. Yeah, I, well, it's probably a cheap question. Everything from Games Workshop is basically £40, uh, whether it's terrain or a giant. Yeah. That's true. Um, so if to get a commercial license for £63, I don't know, you could print that off and sell it for £25. I think um, 
I'd happily pick one of these up for £25 from somebody. So it's just it's just interesting. I really hope this makes it. Now, it's, uh, it's sitting at 539 out of 888 goal. 16 backers and 16 days to go. Um, I, I like the product. I think it's really cool. I, it is completely superfluous. And at the moment, I'm a bit worried about third-party Blood Bowl stuff because Games Workshop has like the whole Blood Bowl 2020 box and the Necro team and obviously yeah. Acorn the Squirrel. It's just kind of gone boom and and really kind of reset people's hobby sites, I think, on Games Workshop themselves when it comes to Blood Bowl. They've really come into the spotlight, I think. Yeah. Um, and especially with the newer teams, uh, something I've noticed is suddenly... The Games Workshop team seem like the good value now, whereas previously often wasn't, because the newer teams they're designing them to fit the box, and like the ability in Black Orcs is you get everything you need out of the box, especially with the big guys in the starter set. Yeah, um, it's like it's starting to become actually Games Workshop is the cheapest option, and the black is lovely. You know, and it's making it difficult. Twenty-five pounds. The Necromantic team is fantastic. Twenty-five pounds for all the positionals, um, and you know, fourteen players and all the positionals. Like it's, it's a complete a, and utter no-brainer. Yeah, compared to like previously, like an orc team, which you need like two and a half boxes. Yeah, a and troll. then a troll if you want the troll. Yeah, um, you know, if if you want the troll, you know. And that's the point where you start thinking, well, third parties is like sixty quid, and you get different miniatures stuff and. That's only a matter of time. Arguably, a lot of them uh, better. It comes out on Punga's um, Patreon, so that'll be a uh, problem solved. Yeah. I think with that. There's <laughs> <laughs> Grebo left now. <laughs> yeah, oh man. The Grebo stuff is lovely. Um, yeah. And yeah. Cool. Anyway, th this is ending in 16 days. So if you have a printer or a friend with a printer who owes you a couple of favours, um, maybe back it because it's quite a cool bit of bling for your Blood Bowl world 3D Fantasy Football Dugouts, Volume 1. Ah, I'm, I, I don't know if this is 3D actually. Is this 3D printed as well? Please don't let it be 3D printed. No, you get you get a big guy. Okay, cool. We've got Fantasy Football Upgrade Pack Season One. <laughs> <laughs> what is with these names? So I'm just like dr dread. I'm not. I'm just you dreading it being another 3D printed thing. <laughs> I know, but I, I don't know if it is. Let's, let's have not. a look. Let's have a look. New oh. miniatures for the Asgard Sons and Artemis Maidens team. So this is sitting at three thousand seven hundred and sixty-two against a target three uh, five three three three. So does it have a little percentage bar? Doesn't. Yeah, that's all right. Not like three quarters. Uh, three quarters of the way there. Sixty-one back is twenty-five days to go. So plenty of time. So the campaign here is two upgrade packs to Fantasy Football teams, and um, oh, this is the one Rich was looking at, isn't it? Yeah, he likes the uh, the bird feathers. Okay, so basically it is a bunch of different positions. Oh, I've seen these teams. We've seen all these teams before. Yeah, so they did these teams before um, in a, I think it was a Kickstarter as well. Um, they released these teams. Uh, these seem to be expanding them. Give you extra bonus position. So we've got an Amazon team booster, which is very sort of Greek and got an incredibly cool, I, I guess, a medusa kind of model yeah it's like a snake yeah it's kind of like a long-haired medusa isn't it yeah it looks like a witch elf hag but with instead of having hair it's got massive mm. massive long that, it's that, really cool. that hair makes glorial summer bloom's hair look like mine 
So that's that's, <laughs> that's quite impressive. Uh, so price-wise, fifteen euros. You will see one big big guy uh, of your choice. Shipping will be charged extra between Esteno. So that's this one here, and Fafnir. So we'll have a look at Fafnir in a minute. So Esteno is the snakehead lady. Fifteen. That's I would purchase that retail. Uh, and then you've got the Asgard Sons one, which is the Norse expansion pack, where you've got a couple of bird, random bird people. You've got a fox person. Let's just skip straight past that. Uh, you've got a couple. I mean, the, the sculpting and the positioning of these miniatures is fantastic. It is. They are. They are really nicely done. Um, and mix of genders without being completely inappropriate, which is superb. So Fafnir is the other big guy, which is a hundred percent Ben, a Chaos Dwarf Minotaur, isn't it? That's yeah, what this guy is. So, That's so much is. so. Um, basic oh, one massive arm <laughs> yeah one massive arm and a massive rock as well that i i assume there's a there's a thing for that like in lore or something so big guys here we go so the big guy is 15 euro and you get one big handed chaos dwarf minotaur or the snake lady which is pretty good basic pack 32 euros for seven Artemis Maidens or 35 euros for seven Artemis Sons. That's the Norse players. Now, the Norse player, you've got a couple of positionals and one werewolf dude, really. Uh, mm -hmm. Those bird people are quite interesting as well. And you can get the big guy lumbered in with them for 45 or 48 euros. So, or you can get it all together. So, price wise, it's not bad. The sculpting is really good. Um,. It's interesting they've done an expansion. I know it's for the team. Do you think this Kickstarter is just to kind of re-advertise the team? I think there's a bit of that. And that's kind of what we were saying before with the uh, the whole Patreon. Thing. You mentioned Kickstarter. Yeah. Is it sort of become like this, hasn't it? Is it storefront? I like, um, I like the dice, but they are 12.50 for a set of three block dice. Like, I like them, but that is, that is pricey. Printed. Yeah, yeah. it's... um. I, I I like it. I, no, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love these models. I think they're fantastic. I think the Ulf Werner models specifically for the Norse look incredible. They're the kind of things I'd want on the Norse team. I, probably some of the best I've seen. Um, yeah. But yeah, you are you are right. It it's it seems it, it seems a bit like an ad for the team, which is fine. It it's, is. it's totally fine to do that. Totally yeah. fine to do that. So let's just check. So you can purge without a reward or just play five euros. Add the. Uh, Add the add-ons, and you can get the team and everything as well. So you know that's right. So you basically, can, yeah. if, you, if you're looking for a Norse or Amazon team, this is a pretty great way to do it. It is, will be expensive. Um, well, you can pledge eighty eighty pounds, and you get both the Norse and the Amazon team, the whole team, and the character. You get two teams. Is that is that the teams? Yeah. So you have the uh, season one. You receive both complete packs of this project. Also, you receive one miniature of the Valkyrie Queen for free. Ah, but isn't that packs of this project? Isn't that just uh, the expansion packs? Both the expansion packs. Oh together? yeah, you're right. You're right. Because that would have been really cool to get two teams yeah. for ninety euros. Um, two sevens teams. <laughs> yeah, it's two pretty good sevens teams, to be fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so very cool models. And now we know that Norse and Amazon are still in the game. You can, in fact, plan your Norse team and plan your Amazon team. Um, just do it carefully and we're going to talk about it in the next segment because you never know what's going to happen just talk to underworld players from last season um, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen but that is fantasy football upgrade packs season one uh, cool models um, yeah just you know 
consider what you're doing. Oh, and there's one more bit for us to cover, which is... So Games Workshop are doing the, uh, on the Warhammer community, Meet Blood Bowl pitch side report. So every week, every month, I think they're doing a pitch side report, which will be... Um, this series will shine a spotlight on Blood Bowl each and every month, starting in December. You can look forward to insights on the beautiful game, previews of upcoming models, free extras. Thank you, Siri. It's quite <laughs> fine. You just go back to building that eye printer. Um, you can look forward to <laughs> the insights of the beautiful game, previews of upcoming models, free extras, and much more. So this time round, there was a roster sheet that is just a PDF. That's fine. We've got that in the book. However, there is a picture of a skeletal arm with dwarf slash undead armor, which plays into a very obvious spoiler. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think as 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 far as spoilers go, this isn't like the Rune Engine ones. This is like, yeah, we know what this is. This is going to be probably... Um, scroll Harfight, the dwarf thrower, or the undead dwarf thrower who is in the rulebook, is one of the three star players from the rulebook that don't have a miniature, along with Gretchen, mm-hmm. the why bother, uh, blah blah widow, widow, and <laughs> and Rumbelow Sheepskin, who will undoubtedly uh, be one of the most fun models out there. Let's have a look. Just let me check the star players to see if there's anybody else we've missed that doesn't have a jobby what's it model um carla von kill yeah grumbrindle willow lucian varag rumbelow sheepskin that's the one scroll half height uh glart's no, got it yeah glorial yeah hack has got that model technically griff yeah so just gretchen so it is just the three stars um and this is going to be one of them which is cool so I'm a big fan. I'm looking forward to seeing that model. A scroll is cool um, in our YouTube series of like tournament rosters, and we looked at some stuff you can do with scroll. And uh, now we've got the necromantic team. Actually, scroll once per game gets to add his strength to any passing roll, so you can uh, long bomb with scroll basically on a three plus with pass reroll um, to one of your wolves for a uh, ridiculous passing play, which I think is going to be quite entertaining. And there's definitely going to be some nut jobs who take that in tournament, and that's going to be their thing for the tournament. <laughs> Is uh, scrolls going to make some long passes? Because um, uh, it's well, after the catch. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's after the roll as well. So you just roll it. If it's a six, you're like, <laughs> you did it. Um, if it's a three, you just add your strength. Jobs are good. It's wicked. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think scroll is going to be quite good fun. Um, certainly not an auto take, but but mm-hmm. fun enough anyway. Um, yeah, it gives them short hands as well. Uh, yes, which is massive. Especially for Kemri, who will also be able to get him. Now we've got Kemri yeah, that's true. in the pack. Okie dokie. So there's one more bit of news to go over, which is that next episode we are going to be covering the the finalists for the short story novel. So Ben, uh, I know you and I have been reading through a bunch of them, so we need to spend the rest of this week getting together and just picking our top ones so that we can send them off. And what we're going to do is we'll go through them uh, as one of the segments in the next episode. So those of you who've been asking and waiting, your time has come. And with that, that wraps up news and we'll go into hobby. And we're back and it's time for hobby. So take a deep breath. I hope you're sitting comfortably. Ben, Take it away. I hear you've been painting some things. Yeah, I've done quite a lot of painting. Um, well, first so, of all, we saw your stream, which was amazing. 
Yeah, did we talk about that on the last episode? I can't remember when we recorded last and when that was. Everything's been a blur. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if we did, actually, you know. Yeah, so... Yeah, we had the 24-hour stream, uh, which was awesome. That was on the 14th, I think it was, of November. Um, so yeah, we probably didn't. Um, yeah, no, that was really good, and I really appreciate everyone who joined, because... Uh, yeah, I didn't get as much done as I hoped. So we had this. We had we had the new teams. We got thanks to Entoyment, we uh, got to demo their store copy for them, um, which was great for them and for us, even better because we got to play with toys. Oh, so um, good, so good, so happy. Yeah. So big thanks to them. Um, really, really, really nice support. Uh, we, we blitzed them together. You did an unboxing really early. Shipped them over to mine. Uh, taxied them over. <laughs> On the um, way back from work. Yeah. Yeah, I put them together <laughs> really super fast, and then we streamed a paint during the day. So I hope to get them all done at the, on the, during the day. Uh, didn't quite get a plan. I was trying new paints, trying new things, which in hindsight, if I'm trying to speed paint something, don't try new stuff because you have to go over and repeat things. You learn and you messed up. So that happened a lot, but it was really good fun. Um, had a really good time chatting. We had uh, HD uh, on the stream who stayed up throughout the night uh doing making a pitch he was making a zevens pitch from foam oh that's amazing um, yeah he put it on the community page the day after we showed it up on stream uh probably to the uh, american viewers who are awake for <laughs> him uh, <laughs> and uh yeah it was really cool so thanks to those who stayed throughout the night there was also some others um we had someone who, who sent a message in the morning saying just woke up fell asleep on at my desk <laughs> which was really good fun uh really want to do it again so we'll see when we can do that again because it is quite draining uh but it, it was good it was good fun well um, if it's if it's on one of my weekends off i'll be happy to happy to jump in and help out because it's yeah. so cool i was gutted i couldn't i was, work has been crazy the apocalypse is uh just just make things work now and uh so i think i was that was the weekend i was working I think you were, yeah, you were working that weekend. You did chime in for a bit though, which was really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. I took the yeah, I took the podcast stuff into my office, and then um, snuck away when everything was calm, just to call in. And it was really cool, man. Just watching the nobility team come about is awesome. The question that I'm sure everyone wants to know, Ben, is have you finished it? Yeah. So, like I said, I didn't finish it on the stream, but for the last week. Um, I have been adding the finishing touches. I did another finishing touches stream, which weren't the finishing touches. It was just more touches. <laughs> um, but since then, I have made the finishing touches. They are complete. Um, haven't taken the proper pictures yet. The big guy, oh, so the big guy still isn't complete. I do need to paint them separately. But the core team from the box is painted. Um, so yeah, I have one did, here actually. Did, did I, so the big guy was a three D printed ogre pirate captain. Correct. Yeah. Which looks awesome and really fits the theme of the team like massively like it's quite funny because the, the 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 standard ogre is a lovely model but uh when i saw your one in with the team i was like oh yeah no that doesn't work <laughs> that doesn't work <laughs> at all in comparison it still does it, it it's the one the one i've got even doesn't work in some aspect he's still got a sword which i'm just trying to hide um yeah. but yeah it's bribes yeah yeah exactly bribes yeah <laughs> he's an ogre you're gonna stop him um but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm really happy with it. Um, I just, there were bits on it which I wasn't so happy with, um, especially with like the varnishing. It kind of made stuff quite chunky. 
Um, so I'm going to strip him. I'm going to try again, try something even newer. Um, but just try and try and get him done to standard that kind of works better with the rest of the team because he was kind of looking a little bit alien. Um, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed painting it. Um, I think people are going to love this team, painting this team. I really love painting them. They're really, really, really fun to paint. They've got so much character and different textures and different materials on them, and it's just really fun. So I'm having a real issue at the moment. My issue is that uh, I know you're planning on running the Nobles in the league, and uh, obviously Ian's been painting up the Black Orc team again from the Entoyment demo box, um, and he's doing a really lovely job of those as well. Like he he's, is, yeah. He's going to look some lovely teams, and as soon as we're allowed to socialise in one way or another, we'll have to get them onto the, the Blood Bowl pitch uh, for, the, for the YouTubes, which would be really cool. Um, but the problem is, you and I spent some time talking about the ability and stuff and skills and development, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, man, you got me really excited for them. I was like, oh, this team seems like a, a really solid challenge that you kind of It just, does seem like a challenge. It's just like, you just want to make it work. Like, especially with running pass. It's, a, it's you know, mm. it's not a superb tactic. It's going to lose you probably some games. But man wouldn't it be sweet to pull that off <laughs> i think it will i think they're going to play very uniquely i think you're initially going to go into it playing them like humans and i don't think they can do what humans can do so i think you're going to have to kind of be quite aggressive um with them like they they see they've got a lot of control like elements to them i think they are definitely like a control team but i think they're going to play quite well into the aggro because they've also got quite a lot of Giveness in the team sort of baked in like with the fact you your core pieces have like block or wrestle bend is quite forgiving because it means you have to do less dodging um I, I think yeah if you play in like a bit of an aggro i think we'll start to see building more of like that kind of that kind of build maybe we'll have to see it's just the prospect of taking the tier two team and making it work when it yes you know isn't a complete gimme it's just so exciting i think that's why i was excited about the blackhawks that and a bunch of strength which i don't normally play but i don't know i think <laughs> i think i'm probably gonna end up somehow running both of these teams because they are both so cool um yeah it'd be good fun for sure so hobby wise those of you who watch on youtube can see i am currently painting griff as we talk uh horrible model to put together if you follow the games workshop instructions we talked about that um on our little update show and yes, yep. please be careful when you build him because it can be a bit of a pain. Um, but he is painting up wonderfully. Like I'm really enjoying it and I wasn't expecting to. But he is a very cool chap. So that's cool. So we've got that done. I've done all sorts of hobby stuff. Um, not as you much did as something I should today, have. didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Just if, you, if you've seen Whip Wednesday by now, you will see... Well, that's not going to work. But on the YouTube version, the out of uh, out of focus. Um, you know, I can't. Even, it's Grebo, isn't it? It is Grebo. Yeah. I picked right. up a couple of Grebo acorns because Acorn is live and a star player now, which is hilarious. I picked up one for me. Picked up one for Ben. Picked up a couple for the show prize pile as well. So we'll have to figure out a way to give those away for one reason or another to people, which I think is quite. Yeah. Cool. Have you had a chance yeah. to look at yours yet, Ben? I have, yeah. You dropped one off, um, and yeah, it's it's really nice, isn't it? It's like it's so tiny. It is really tiny. It's so packed with detail. Um, it's such a cool model. He's got a lot of character. I think 
I think I I do prefer it to even the Tree Man Acorn. Oh yeah, definitely. So this is because a player. he looks like a blood. Yeah, he's a Blood Bowl player. He's even got like the the spiked knuckle dusters. He's got the attitude. <laughs> yeah, I love him. It is such a cool little miniature from Grebo, and they were absolutely right on it in no time at all. And yeah. they did that with the Black Orc team as well. They and did. The- yeah, they. He said, here's some more Black Orcs for your team, for your Orc teams, Kickstarters. And uh, now you can have two teams. I think that is incredibly good of them and very useful for yeah. the... I mean, people want to buy stuff, uh, which is quite good for retailers because people are in a, basically a situation where they want cool stuff to buy. And Games Workshop create very cool stuff. And they create great worlds to play in and great rule sets, you know... But man, they make you wait for the stuff. Yeah, they do. So if Grebo can swoop in and be like, oh, that's a cool new star player you've come up with Games Workshop, and in four days we can release ours, uh, I don't know, I think I'm going to end up with two of every star player <laughs> Games yeah. Workshop come out with. Um, so good job there by Grebo. And yeah, I got to, I got home and I was like, oh, I haven't really done a lot this week i need to get some stuff done for whip wednesday and uh just sat down and just painted it to completion and i did it using you, um, no agrax mm, i was gonna say this you, you challenged yourself didn't you well you see watching you take a 24 hour paint stream using the airbrush using the wet palette using paints you've never used before for a team you've never painted before i thought well i'm just enjoying my hobby too much i need to emulate ben and make things too difficult nah, that's not <laughs> <laughs> like then, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't say you have to do that. I, I just, I, to be fair, I'm seeing that. Like, I, I watch a lot of content and stuff like that on painting, and I think how how I enjoy the hobby is doing that. I don't, I wouldn't say everyone has to do that. I'd say paint how you enjoy it. You know, if you like doing it, you like painting, you have a method, you paint, you get stuff done. That is great, and I love doing that too. It's just for some reason at the moment I'm on a binge of where I want to try everything. I want to try new stuff. No, it's often pretty- it results in like and <laughs> just a, a more have serious to do something again. A more serious note is that during the lockdown, I've seen everybody's painting level up. So in the group, it really chat, has, yeah. In the community, stuff through Whip Wednesday, and I'm like, I still paint the same way I painted like five years ago. I was like, it's time to just start actually. I thought I would just try and do something ever so slightly different. Now I realise that just simply not using Agrax sounds like a very uh, like pointless challenge. However, I use Agrax basically on everything. It's my omni-shade like block Agrax basically done. So just mm-hmm. to try and dark colours and blending up and stuff. It's not a great job, but it's good fun. And I'm no, quite it's happy. fantastic. It looks really good. I'm quite happy with it. It's it's come out fun. Yeah. Well, painted orange as well. Ended up being Ian's patented colour scheme, which is orange and teal. You've probably seen his orc team. You've probably seen his, yeah, blooming Warhanam Hanam and his uh, Miami yeah. Dolphins colours. Um, so, yeah, that's quite <laughs> cool. Now, uh, talking of content and trying new things, do you want to talk about your next project, Ben? Uh, yeah. So, so earlier in the week... Um, Entoyment were like, yeah, we if you want to get um some of the old teams in the old boxes, we're having a sale. Um so I think they reduced it to twenty five percent off, which is really good. Um and I said, Yeah, you know what, I'll get a couple of teams I want. Uh I got one which I I've got the ogre team, which I have been wanting for a long time. Um and this was a good excuse to get it. Um but another one I got is the old world alliance to expand the basically I'm gonna use the humans for 
the nobility just to expand them a bit and then maybe replace them with some like RNE ones or something. And I have this old project off to the side. But anyway, the ogres <laughs> I have built yesterday and started painting yesterday uh, and carried them on today a bit. And yeah, I'm, I'm using them as practice for the. What am I talking about? I'm rambling so much. Okay, let's let's, let's focus, Ben. I'm getting too excited about hobby. Right. I got the ogre team. Trying something new on them. I'm trying some proper, like, fully airbrushed skin. Um, following Vince Venturella's guide, which he did on his ogres. And uh, they've come out really good. I'm really happy with them. Um, you should be. They look really, really cool. I mean... Th- I think they might be the best models I've painted so it, far. The airbrush stuff looks... It just looks really... Um, atmospheric which is quite a funny way to describe it but they look no, i think you're right they look like uh they look like war photos um they've got yeah, that. They do a bit don't they quite sort of desaturated yeah just that kind of like that spread that softness to it it just looks like it should have a quotation and a date underneath it um but wasn't there some kind of like this guy painted an army in 12 hours or something is this that ace ventura guy yeah Ace Venture. <laughs> yeah. He's um he's a really good painter. He's um he does a lot of like his video series is hobby cheating and they're honestly really good. If you wanna like if there's something you wanna try or you feel like you're scared to try, you you've heard the term flat around, he'll have a video which explains it start to finish everything you need to know. And they're really solid and I've kind of been binging them a lot lately. And yeah, one of them is this ogre army for AOS. In 24 hours um which now, is something I'll, you, I'll be picking up the battle force so did you, <laughs> try did that. you watch that before you did the nobility team in 24 hours yeah yeah ah. that's it's, it's stuff like that which gave me the idea yeah um the 24 hour hobby thing is quite a thing on youtube at the moment that's pretty um, cool a lot of the painters but that's kind of what inspired me i'm not sure tiff would but, uh let me stream for 24 hours in a row ah, i'm sure it should be fine keeps you out of the way yeah, well, I think we're all just worried I'd die, I think. Um, Maybe. <laughs> I'm not it's as not young as bad. I used to be. Uh, I actually managed to hurt my back last week for the first time in my life. Um, <laughs> so I went to work and I was like sore and everyone was like, are you okay? What have you done? Like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I just literally lifted stuff. Like, I didn't lift anything heavy. I just lifted some stuff. We did a charity donation thing. Like, we put a lo- together a load of, like... Um, support packs for uh, an old people's home for christmas so like those of biscuits and things like that and um helped take them downstairs to this uh to the charity person's car and um i don't know like the next i got home and i just sat down and i was like god i hurt and then yes went into work the next day and they're like oh no what did you do like we were in an accident it's like no i just carried stuff uh so yeah she's a bit worried that i'm old now um yeah that's that's it and someone else called me out on this on YouTube because what did I, I used the word hench as a descriptor. And they were like, Ben, you might be the only person still using the word hench. And I was like, well... That's not an old man term. What? Well, uh, hench is a thing. Well, it might be new what? old man, though, Ben. That's the thing. Like, That's not that's not old man. Hench is still relevant. Yeah, I was like, well, it's uh, he's, he's, he's bare hench, is what I said. Um, I, don't, oh, I would okay. never do mm. that. Never do that. That's just <laughs> awful. That's just awful. I think, yeah, that yeah. one, maybe. <laughs> I think it was in the Norse video, um, which, which we can we'll kind of talk about that in a minute, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah, hobby-wise, I painted a squirrel. 
it was awesome um painting up varag painting up griff i've just the guys on youtube helped me come up with a paint scheme for him which was basically like he needs to be a classic star player a couple of people mentioned mm. uh kind of tom brady kind of thing which amusingly came nice. up in our whatsapp as well so i was like right let's go for a pat scheme let's go blue and white with a tiny bit of red in there as well and that just made it all come together so i got my blue metallic armor and i'm currently using celestria gray to paint all of the fabric underneath I'm just going to highlight it up to white and just make this model just something, something fun to paint. I'm going to go for the stripes as well. Varag, I'm trying to try something different on his skin, which is mm. to kind of use um, like a reddy brown with the black, uh, just to give it kind of like a... Because it's very easy to just... I choose black and paint it. Uh, I choose green and um, make it make it, make it it green. But I'm going to use a, a sort of like... A, I've used already a red brown. What did I use? Screamer Pink mixed nice. with uh, Wag Flesh to kind of just... I want it to be able to blend with a flesh highlight, kind of like Ian does with his Blimmin' Orcs because he's so blimmin' good at it. Yeah. Um, uh, green blends to, like, flesh tone really nice. Yeah, so... Purple and stuff. I'm working my way up from, like, a base on that. And that's uh, that's quite cool. I'm sure I've painted more stuff, but I had a little bit of a tidy and I don't know where anything is anymore. So, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> any other any other hobby bits for you, Ben? No, it's just cool to see. I think we've we've seen a lot as well, especially the Whip Wednesday. It's really awesome to see people doing so much hobby. Like, yeah, like we're all, we're all stuck inside again. Um, and yeah, it's a really good. It's just nice to see this opportunity, and it's cool to see people trying new stuff as well. It's it's really cool when you you said like no Agrax. I'm just like, what happened to Ben? He's he's changed man. Yeah, it would have been it would have been much quicker to use Agrax, but no, like he's got his little foam mouth, and I used a a light green and blended it up to white, and then just pinprick stuff. Like, uh, yeah, and that's what I mean. Take take something out, and you can only improve if you try. Like, and that's the thing as well. It's like you try something new, you're not going to get any worse because you're still painting. The more you paint, the better you get. Well, you did this with the uh, with that random iron golem guy, and then you went on to paint that ridiculously nice Nurgle stuff. Um, so yeah. oh what the mixed team yeah yeah so unfortunately ben that's true you are you and ian are making painting harder for everybody in our local group so ggs <laughs> nah nice. I, it just means that everyone has more fun i hope yeah more painting is more better right yeah shall we move on to teams of legend ben yeah let's do it okay we'll be back right now And we are back right now. So uh, Teams of Legend have landed. It landed twice on the day of release. So if you guys uh, follow us on YouTube or <laughs> listening to the podcast because you listen to our feed, you may have heard the first episode that landed with the original unedited version of the Amazon team um, and probably my tears as well, which was <laughs> undoubtedly entertaining. So uh, yet yeah, they dropped that. So they dropped the teams of legend that we've been waiting for for ages. And in that are all the missing teams with the exception of Bretonian, Corn, and Slan, which are not, which weren't Games Workshop official anyway. So it was very optimistic. That's to be expected. Assume. Yeah, exactly. So what we're going to do is we're just quickly going to talk through the teams of legend. Um, really just have a little chat about how we think they're going to impact the game and the fact that the teams of legend has landed really is going to impact the just the standard of blood bowl so amazons do not have four ward answers how do you think that's going to impact blood bowl ben <laughs> you know i think i think let's let's be fair to amazon like 
no okay right no that's <laughs> like i couldn't i couldn't even bring myself to say it. Yeah, i was no, really worried what a relief. I was like, yeah. right. brace brace yourself brace yourself um yeah so it was basically the the, the original pdf was dropped and uh, a shocking copy and paste error was made in several places and the most obvious one was the fact that half of the amazon team was just wood elves um i think their thrower was a wood elf thrower uh for the most part and the <laughs> their blitzers were naught to four war dancers for 90k um it was it was horrific and we games yeah. i've done so well with the book and everything that we were like man they've they're, they're, they've tightened up their game and then they just dropped a deuce um of a pdf and naturally me being me i was so excited i read it and i was just like oh oh no oh no and, <laughs> and then they corrected it um, to which, by the time I published the video, everyone was like, "Oh no, they've 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 changed it now. They've changed it now." So I had to do it again. So if you want to know about the teams in detail, please just go back and listen or watch the videos um, of that or the starting rosters videos. Because as of today, all of them are out now. So if you were planning on taking any of these teams for league, uh, you can watch a quick fifteen-minute video where I talk through several different rosters and the benefits of stuff and each player and what they do and things. It just uh, if um if if. If if they're listening, if for whatever reason someone working at GW in the rules team in this like community team, um, please just pile all your resources into proofreading. <laughs> it happens. It's not the first time. I just think like Games Workshop and proofreading have a really rocky relationship, don't they? I I could only assume just... it is because they are really hard pressed at the moment or not just at the moment just in general i think they're probably like i'm i'm gonna like me i i get so excited take on loads of projects run out of time and then make mistakes and i do that in every aspect of my life because i'm so passionate about stuff and i don't think you take a job at games workshop without being very passionate and you don't get to be as successful as games workshop without having a solid corporate edge as well so where creativity really? and corporations land, time restrictions hit, and I think it's just someone's got really excited, put together Teams of Legend, and um, yeah, just there has we'll been on no proofreading at all. Get a group, a focus group of 10 hand-picked, dedicated fans who will snatch up the opportunity to be beta testers at GW, and just two hours before you put it out, email them, be like, rules preview and they will they will pick it up because the community did oh, <laughs> in gosh, seconds yeah. as soon as we opened the file pretty much everyone we knew was just like what the hell would happen to amazons oh it was like brutal a lot of this stuff i feel could just be picked up just by sending it to 10 fans yeah and then they'll be we, like we, vol we volunteer as tribute yeah, um, yeah, we we will volunteer. Okay, we'll be we two of the handpicked fans. Chuck it in our Discord, and two seconds, you'll you'll have it all yeah. sorted for your games workshop. Um, yeah, <laughs> look straight up before we carry on. I think it is actually let's let's float this a different way. Ben, do you think it is good or bad that we have a Teams of Legend PDF now? Oh, good, fantastic. So is that I, the wrong answer? Oh no, no, that's great. <laughs> that's great. There are no wrong answers. Um, just inappropriate ones. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think um, it's it's tricky. I think it's really good for people who've got those teams um, because it it I'm I've you know I want to run Slan. 
I'm not that worried if I don't get to run slam, but you know, if this was my primary team, I'd be like brown pants. I could, I'm worried I'm not going to be able to do the thing I love doing. Um, but at the same time, for the brief several weeks where it was just the teams in the Blood Bowl 2020 rulebook that you could go and buy and you could just go and play, it. I don't know. That was there was a very nice vibe to it, and I don't know if that's just because there are some old classics that were missing. But there was definitely an element of like this has been refreshed this is now a new meta like there are just new teams and it was quite interesting it was quite interesting however i am with you it is great that we got a pdf because more teams is more better um but it was just for a brief period of time i was like you know what if the teams of legend doesn't land it will be a real cut and run from games workshop so that yeah, leads me I... oh, sorry you go you go i was just gonna say i think just you're right i just but ultimately, I think options are good. You yeah. can choose not to include these in your league if you don't want. And I think, like, sort of the same argument where in an ideal world, you'd have your own homebrewed rules anyway, which you enjoy playing. So it's like, I just think... Oh, sorry, that's that's the ideal world. But I do know that as soon as something becomes GW official, that's kind of How what people rolls. expect. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that. having them in that they are official. You can use them. It's just going to mean there aren't any arguments. Now now you can omit them rather than including them, which I think is easier to do and more generally accepted. Yeah, it sense. is easier to drop rules that are semi-official, even though these are official, but yeah. drop rules aren't the rule better than it is to just add homebrew rules. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah. Yeah, you are, you are massively right in that point. So uh, for a brief period of time, we didn't have them. Now they've landed... Um, Everyone is very happy. There's a lot of players out there who are very happy to be able to continue playing their teams. And I imagine there's a lot of third-party manufacturers that are also incredibly happy uh, that their teams haven't been made completely null and void. Hunger once again, I imagine, <laughs> with was it two, two new teams coming out, which technically were on the fence. Uh, oh my goodness, yeah. Both the Kemri team yeah. and the Vampire team were absolutely out... Yeah, they. Yeah, man. I, I. Yes, we chatted about this actually. That was that could have been absolutely brutal. However, they are both in, so I get to use my Vortice Kickstarter, and those of you who back the Punga Kickstarter get to use your teams. Now, whether you're going to want to or not is a different matter, and we'll come to that in a second. So, quick chat about Amazons. Um, basically, nothing's changed. The the throwers and the catchers have both gone up five k. Um, so it changes a build ever so slightly. In that, essentially, you start with one less person or you just ignore the throwers and catchers completely which is what a lot of our youtube comments um section said is just they're not worth the extra cost however um it is i don't know i think i think you've got to use some of the positionals um but yeah amazons are there they are unchanged and i think a lot of people are very happy with that ben how are you feeling about amazons coming back and coming back exactly like they were before um yeah i think yeah you went through this in your video they have some nuances um it's interesting that as soon as a line woman gets blodged they're better than a blitzer because of the passing ability um which is interesting so <laughs> as soon as you level them up once they overtake the blitzer immediately um that is legitimately ridiculous with the exception of the fact they don't have strength access oh yeah that's true um you need that <laughs> But that kind of rounds up the, the Amazon team. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a very interesting team. It's 
well, I say interesting to use, not interesting to think about using. I think um, it's probably quite mm. a good training team to to kind of get I think you it is, to yeah. understand how Starter to team. play with nothing at all, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you do with Amazons. So yeah, to summarize, Amazons nothing. Now they only get the Lustrian Super League star players, so they're going to be getting Zolkath, Zug, mm-hmm. and Carla. I don't know if Griff. Um, counts as uh, Lustrian Super League. Let me grab the rulebook very quickly. He's kind of got the keyword for everything because he is the Omni Star. Um, yeah, and they do also get access to the all team ones like Grack and. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I've got to put yeah. together a Grack list. Griff Overwall. No, Halfling Thimber Cup and Old World Alliance. So that is basically meaning they're getting Carla and. Yeah, Carla, Zug, and. Zolkath the Zote. So, one of the biggest oh, things. Great options. Yeah. Well, uh, Carla and Zog are fine, love, yeah. um, but they're not getting Roxana. And Roxana used yeah. to be a massive thing for Amazons. And um, I think in that regard, that is a that's a solid solid improvement for uh, what what is what is it when you call it like um, quality of life? That's it. Quality of life changes. That's a that's a software and QA term, isn't it? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Games. yeah. Quality of life got better. So Amazon's not a massive change for that. Chaos Dwarves, no surprise here. There's not a massive change to really any of it. Um, I think it's pretty expected from what we have seen people in Brewer. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, w- I looked at one. I think it might have been um, it was either Stevens or Flick McConnell's. Uh, and I think I put it into our spreadsheet. And the only thing that was different, with the exception of the Minotaur, which comes to in a second, is the Bull Centaur actually has a passing of six plus. Uh, and yeah, it was put down as passing dash, which I think is interesting. I think it's interesting it got passing six plus. Um, but six plus uh, is basically dash, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. You still get that. You still get that cheeky opportunity, and that's you know that's that's worth it. I've, you know, yeah, yeah. I just wish zombies had six plus. I think everyone should have six plus, except people yeah. with no hands. It seems like a peculiar rule. Anyway, the enslaved minotaur, though, I think has has landed pretty well. Did you get a chance to have a look at this bit? Have you considered why the enslaved minotaur got good? Is it because the animal savagery now? Yeah, it's, it can do stuff. It doesn't. Will... Ha- it's not just limited to standing still if it gets stuck on its own. Exactly. So animal savagery is kind of like wild animal, but if you fail, it's either bonehead if it's on its own. Or it punches a dude next door. Um, now yeah. you, you do use claws and mighty blow and everything if you've got it. So standing next to dwarves is going to be risky. But your minotaur will always blitz as long as you've got somebody next door to it, which I think, no surprise here, makes this minotaur one of the, if not the best big guy in Blood Bowl now. Because I think you- he's probably overtaken. Yeah. Because he's not ever going to fail a blitz. If you need to blitz with your Minotaur, you put a Hobgoblin next to him. And if you roll a one, the Hobgoblin gets a punch and no one cares. And you just mince off with your Minotaur anyway. And that is that's actually quite a significant strength boost for the Chaos Dwarf team. Yeah, it really is. And the weakness for big guys like this, and I had it a lot with the, oh, the Bloodthirster, yeah. was yeah, you just, as soon as they're tagged and like knocked down or yeah, if they're even like knocked down and then the game progresses past them it's really hard to get them back into the action yeah you have to waste a blitz really yeah. to do it 
Um, and you don't have to with this guy. You just need to support him with a bit of friendship. Uh, this, you know, he's a lonely, the lonely Minotaur. Um, basically, yeah, with a bit of friendship, he will do whatever you it's want more him to like, do. Really, it's more like really stupid now, but more reliable. <laughs> just more violent, really stupid. Yeah. 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 I like that. I think it's cool. And I don't think the Minotaur was taken all that often on Chaos Dwarf teams. I think it, Bull Centaurs were kind of preferred because they are more reliable. And um, yeah, now the Minotaurs are pretty pretty valid. Now these guys get Badlands Brawl, Favored Off, and World's Edge Super League, so they get a ton of star players, um, including Hackflem. So Chaos Dwarves are going to be definitely one to watch. The Minotaur got better, and they've got access to very good stars. So Ben, this one is all about you, man, the High Elves. Have you had a chance to look and digest the High Elf team? I admittedly haven't seen your video yet, but... I this I mean as soon as sort of throw it's like yeah this is everything I wanted from the high off team like that obviously they're cool. boring as hell but <laughs> <laughs> like that thrower with cloudburst the uh, pass safe pass yeah good it, it, that. okay so high elves have stayed high elves um and they've stayed high elves really really hard so yeah the only change here is that the throwers went up 10k and uh, safe pass which has now been split in half in blood Bowl 2020 safe pass is if you fumble you don't fumble he just stops yeah. the activation ends instead so that's pretty good and cloudburster means that if someone tries to interfere with the ball on a long or long bomb you can make them re-roll a successful deflection dice yeah so that's basically it's very similar to what it was before. I think it might actually it's, be yeah. a bit better. Um, yeah, because well, he had safe throw and pass before, which is basically these skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. AGP. So the the thrower is still, you know, really good. Um, but the high elf team is just there's no passing access at all on the catchers. So you can't give uh... them. You can't give them um, nerves of steel. Is that a passing? Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? It is, yeah. This is quite a bit of a, a bit of a blow to that team because you kind of always yeah, look at them right. and you think, okay, that's fine. The catches aren't quite as good as the pro-off ones, but with a level up, you know, maybe you get a double, give them nerves of steel. You're thinking blah blah twenty twenty. I'll just save up, you know, take dodge, then get nerves of steel later. Not going to be quite so good. So the throw is more expensive, and uh, the catches are just not as good. Yeah, but the catches are still really good. Though. I mean, <laughs> like, they are the still really good. Yeah, absolutely. They're still elf catchers. I think you're just going to have to dodge first and catch in the end zone rather than catch and then dodge. Which um, I, I think is probably a better tactic anyway if you're going to go for the passing play. Uh, with um, Cloudburster and stuff like that, it, it kind of encourages you to go for the long throw with them. Yeah. I think this whole like team is about that. Like, kind of just... Survive the bash with what limited bash you have. You've got, um, you've got better armor than um, pro elf teams, so exactly. Yeah, survive the of, bash. A little bit of resistance there. Go long. Yeah. yeah. Go. So it's quite cool. I would have liked to see a bit of a boost, but what we're going to see here with the teams of legend is they've not, they've not really changed much or looked to adjust any kind of balance or anything. They've just kind of looked at the teams and tried to fit them in with the new rules. Um, yeah, I, I kind of. Or what they might do is ignore the cloudburst a bit and give them accurate. Oh, that that's what been... I thought they might have done to make them really like this is the best thrower. Or cannoneer. Or cannoneer. Yeah, or cannoneer. Yeah, cannoneer instead of cloudburster would have been amazing. I think you'd want either one of those on this team. Yeah, 
I think least, it'll be good fun anyway. At least it would have forced a long play at that point. Yeah. Um, anyway, but price increase actually makes your starting build a little bit tougher for half, for half elves now. Um, you can't quite. Before you could just sneak in. I think two blitzers, a catcher, and uh, two catchers and a thrower um, in with two rerolls. I think you can't do it now. You have to drop a catcher down to a lineman. So you, I think you start with a little bit less. Elven kingdoms yeah. leaves our league. However, means you get Gloriel, you get Willow, you get Roxana, and Eldril. Yeah, Eldril always good. And Zolkath as well. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I like him. I can't see you taking any of those guys. Um, I, I just. Yeah, the team's expensive. You, you, yeah. Team is really it's, expensive, it, but it was like before. you. You might be able to make a star build around them for a tournament, but I'd, I'd probably take the Swift Twins over anything. But what kind of tournament are you playing? You can afford uh, like both... the old sixteen hundred TV. Ones. <laughs> yeah, you can afford both a high elf team and the uh, most expensive star player duo known to man. Wicked. That would yeah. Been. But yeah, high elves basically are still high elves. So if you liked them before. They've stayed the same. If you didn't like them before for certain reasons, those reasons are still there. So uh, that's that's something. That, uh, it's quite funny. Like if they had models, I do think you'd see you'd see these team, this team. But I think it's one of the least popular out there. Um, kind of. Thought, yeah, which is strange. Yeah. So Norse Norse teams, however, um, not unpopular in any way, shape, or form because they are a fantastically put together team quite unique quite strong got a bit of everything so norse <laughs> didn't really change a lot at all um i'm not sure i think ulf warriors went down 5k a piece but kept everything they've got the yeti kept uh, and channel fury which is basically wild animal so the norse team um basically no changes it's still an absolute beast of a team uh i mean have you ever played against much norse ben I actually haven't played. I, I have played against Norse. I've not played with them, and it's been quite limited the amount I've played against them. But they are a grind of a team. So Norse won our first or second tabletop league run by Craig, um, and it was a really fantastic team. Now, my beef with Norse, which will surprise none of you if you've seen any of the videos before, is they've got too many positionals. Um you know, they've got the lineman, they've got the thrower, they've got the catcher, they've got the berserker, they've got the Ulfwarner, and they've got the Yeti. Like a lot of teams kind of have the standard positionals plus a specialist. Uh these guys have got two specialists in the your, your blitzers and your Ulfwarners. It's an interesting one. Um I don't think they're all that needed. Uh throwers are gonna be completely pointless in this team. Yeah, you don't want to throw with anyone really. Well no, it's just really, really big shame. They've got catchers, but the catchers do not have catch or dodge the only thing about the catchers which i think is sneaky is they've got ag on standard yeah which means you score a couple of touchdowns with these guys and they're the fastest players on the team at movement seven and they are blodging and once you get blodging and they come with block as uh, block and dauntless so they become really really solid players no 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 i've got flesh in the wrong place um they've got yeah block Dodge, Dauntless, they're going to be doing some serious work, and the catchers are just great. I think they just need to get rid of the throwers. Um, it's just that it's it, that's when you word it like that. What, I don't know, maybe I don't know enough about Norse, but why the hell are these catchers? They used what? to be called runners. <laughs> they used to be called runners. Yeah, exactly. Well, runners makes a bit more sense with the extra movement, but like, why does a runner have Dauntless and block? That and is... like, especially now, why does a catcher like what? What makes this a catcher? Why is he specifically catching? It's weird, isn't it? He's like a, a, 
and a nobility blitzer is more of a catcher than <laughs> honestly catcher. yeah you're you're exactly right it is um anyway these yeah. guys have got these guys have got Ulf Warners, which are just some of the best players in the team in the in the entire oh, game absolutely. movement game, six yeah. strength four agility four plus so they they struggle they struggle a little bit on agility but they're frenzied so these guys are just great on offense and great on defense as long as you can get a cheeky bit of support in there um and they got yeah just norse really cool lustrian and old world so these guys are getting a ton of star players as well um, mm-hmm. it, it's just really funny when you look at the Norse team and you look at Amazons. Uh, Amazons just feel super bland. Whereas Norse, they really do, yeah. Norse feel over qualified, and they get the extra star players. I think, um, I think that I think Amazons are Amazons or Norse are due for a, an update. I think. I think there's something going on because yeah, they just there's just the Norse team has just got so much going on. And the Amazons are Seems like, like the block frenzy jump up berserker, I think would be would make a really interesting Amazon player. Like their blitzers being like frenzy jump up. I think that's pretty Amazon, right? Oh yeah. Or being a little bit like crazy and agile at the same time. Interesting to see the two teams combined. Yeah, maybe they like slipped when making the Amazon roster and were just like, whoops, drag that into Norse team. <laughs> oh, we'll just send another PDF because I sure haven't made any mistakes in this one. Ultimately though, Norse have stayed the same. Uh, yeah. Right, another team that's basically stayed the same is the Tomb Kings team. However, they had a bit of a boost across the board in that everybody is now a proper skeleton and actually has Thick Skull as well. So the Anointed Throwers, Anointed Blitzers now have Thick Skull and Regeneration. So they are going to be sticking around as they should. Um, cheeky passing 3+, on the Anointed Thrower though, which is quite amusing. Edge 4+, yeah, plus, think... pass 3+. <laughs> I love that. But I think that that cements in like the the passing being not just necessarily your more agile. That's why I quite like the separation. They're more just they're strong. I do too. Bro. I was thinking about this on the drive into work today. Actually, I was like, okay, so we've got the differentiator between pass and agility. So if there's there's design space there that they could explore. I was like, that's you know, it'd be cool to see the first team they use to explore that space. You know, they've got really good passing and really bad agility. And I'm like, well, who, who's going to catch the ball? Yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, oh, this is... Uh, oh, we may have made a mistake here. Um, because, yeah, I was thinking, well, that could be cool. Like, they could go... I don't know what they could do, but they could just do something where someone has got poor agility but really good passing, uh, you know, t- just for the lols, and uh, they wouldn't be able to catch it. So, don't know. You always took them for the short hands, I think, right? Um, you yeah. took them to make it li- you take your life a little bit less miserable with the edge four. Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the passes, yeah. I think, just TV blokes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's all about short hands, and yeah. I, I guess if you want to risk the pass, at least you've got an opportunity to get some glory SPP um, to try and level it up a bit. But Hello, what is it? 4 plus to catch an accurate pass? It's not impossible. Yeah, so 3 plus, 4 plus. If you've got any rerolls yep. left, you can have a good game. pass with the reroll. 4 plus. Yeah, with yeah. your 70k rerolls. Yeah, it's pretty tricky. Oh, there goes the brush into the cup of tea. Never mind. Um <laughs> It's Play done. Well. It's done. So, Tomb Kings, uh, not a lot changed with them. They get Sylvanian Spotlight, which currently, at the moment, has garbage stars. Okay, you get Scroll uh, and the general ones and Gretchen. But there will be Wilhelm Cheney, Frankenstein, and Bryce the Slice Cambule landing when Necromantic land this weekend. So, they're going to get some more stars, which is very useful, especially um, Wilhelm Cheney. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be really solid in a lot of these teams. Yeah, it's going to be really really cool. So Tomb King's not much. This is the big one though, and vampires. Mm. So vampires, the actual stats and build of the team stayed exactly the same. Uh, vampires got agility two plus, passing three plus, which is you know fine you know most edge four stuff doesn't have a passing three plus so the vampires kept that in that regard but they don't have bloodlust anymore bloodlust is gone they got animal savagery instead now there's been so much talk about the way this rule works in the blood bowl community online and everything ah this is this is a bit of a failure um what what what's your take ben what's your take well we'll we'll explain the uh the whole situation with it that that's the fact that so animal savagery says if you're doing a blocker blitz or a special action yep you need to roll a two plus um otherwise it's a four plus basically do your thing uh it doesn't clarify if hypnotic gaze is a special action because it happens at the end of a move action so it, it, so, get, it yeah. gets even more intricate than that the animal yes. savagery rule says a special action that replaces a block action, and Hypnogaze starts off saying this is a special action, but it but because it happens as on a move rather than on mm. a block or a blitz, it does kind of replace the block action. So basically, half the internet is like, well, it replaces a block action because you're not making a block action; you're making a move action. And everybody else is saying, yeah, but it doesn't say it replaces a block action like the stab rules or the chainsaw rules say it. Um, normally it's really easy to tell what the intention is the rules intended but in this case it isn't yeah. it's really not that easy I mean because it either makes them really good or really bad <laughs> I I think this is I think the designers are being clever I think they were like you know what we can do this and they can get got the option to use hypnogaze and they can just say I'm using hypnogaze to turn that into a 2 plus instead of a 1 plus but if they roll a 1 plus they're going to lose their stuff and just punch somebody I think that's what they were trying to do but didn't clarify yeah. the rules well enough. So, uh, so currently, t- technically, I think, like literally, technically, from a literal point of view, it is four plus. Hypnotic gaze doesn't replace. Doesn't specifically say it replaces a block action. Rules as intended, or rules as just feels right for me as the two plus. Where do you stand, Ben? I'm I'm completely with you on a two plus. I think Amazon's no, no Amazon's. They definitely don't struggle. <laughs> I think vampires already struggle a little bit as is. I yeah. think to make them, to make only like two of your players be able to activate on a two plus, maybe even one, I think is a little bit crazy. That, that's never gonna. It's never gonna be fun. I've I've played a team with four trolls, and this will be basically doing that. But the trolls are strength four. So, even worse. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. crazy. So. As it stands now, we don't know the we don't know the outcome. We don't know the outcome. So vampires, like Ben said, are either a little bit better or significantly worse. And um, I don't know if we're ever going to find out, <laughs> which is the worst thing. So this is going to be one of the hugest things that uh, TOs are going to need to kind of, and and um, com- league commissioners are going to need to kind of just sort out straight ahead of it. And that's going to really make this team way more divisive. It used to be like, you know, vampires are a unique challenge. When vampires pull off vampire things, great stuff happens and it's brilliant fun, but it's the gamble. Now it's just awful. Like Mark um, Mark Pilgrim is um, a heck of a... Uh, absolutely loves vamps, runs them all the time, does an incredible job with them. 
And he's like, this has kind of just wrecked this team for me. If it's four plus, yeah. if it's four plus, this team is just awful to play with. And that is a bit of a shame. And I don't know if Games Workshop are going to worry about um, correcting it or getting an FAQ out for it because they don't make the models for it. And they've already changed the document once. Uh, they still haven't fixed the anointed blitzers on Kemri yet. At the moment, they've still got agility and strength on um, singles and agility and passing on doubles, so they can't even take general skills. So there's there's still a little bit of a uh, little bit of QA needed on that bit, and I don't think I we... think. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 go. I think with the with the vampire team, I think maybe they don't care that much because we might be seeing a replacement on it on its way. I think if this was to stick as teams of legend, they may have put more effort in. So maybe that's tinfoil hat though. That leads us brilliantly on to what I was going to pester you with next, mate. Which is <laughs> what? What do you think the crack is with this? First of all, everyone's been asking this question: Are we going to see these teams ever again? I think we will, I, but I don't think they're going to be these teams. I think they're going to do the nobility, Bretonian move, where they're not these teams anymore. They're something slightly similar in theme. But we've tweaked them to be a bit more interesting. We've tweaked them to fit in a single box of miniatures. And yeah, change the styles around. So I was originally of that opinion. However, there is now the difficulty that if they were so we were talking I think we were talking about Amazons before, weren't we? I said they should you know they could rebrand it as a dryad team and the dryad team all comes with dodge yeah. and then they've got a bit of flexibility with what they do um but now if they do that you're just that's just going to end up with both teams and i don't know how that sits because we're going to lose bretonians um and gain nobility and that's kind of like a all right it is now the nobility team if they had bretonians in this document and they had nobility team it would be really interesting that that, because i that's why that's my kind of that's my thing i think I think the other way. I think they're just going to release these teams again. I do think there'll be adjustments, so like in Underworld, um, which I loved the adjustments for Underworld. I know I'm biased because it's a gutter runner, <laughs> but actually they changed that team up. It's now exciting. Yeah. Um, it's not what it was before, sure, and some people's collections got nerfed a little bit, but it is now an exciting team. It does stuff. Stuff is good. Uh, Amazons... You know, if they, they can, I can see them bringing Amazons back. I can see them bringing all of these teams back to play on the on the name hype. And I think where they've got these here, I think they'll do it to play on the name hype now. I think they'll. Bring what do you back, mean by name hype? They'll be like, boom, high elf teams are back, and everyone's gonna be like, ah, okay. oh, I loved high elf teams, but this time they're doing <laughs> this. And I just, I think it's gonna be that. I think it's gonna be that shtick. Whereas before they could have just been like, yeah. High elf teams are gone. Like just you know, what, yeah. what what high elf team? Uh, don't worry it's about it. It'll be good. It'll be good for both those players who play high elves. <laughs> what for you and some other dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I would love to see a boost to high elves in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's it. I think they just need to find a way to make these teams exciting, in uh, equally exciting. But but yeah, I, I think I think we're going to see them revamp all these teams. Um, revamp, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Revamp it. I, I just, I do. I think, and I would love to see vampires first because they, oh, they needed, they needed it before, and now they really, they need did. It. 
we've had so many like debates (laughs) not debates but discussions about how would you change amazon Uh, it again how do you change vampires <laughs> we we're just gonna have about... vampires and we could we can, gonna combine them. We, can, we can talk about how to change amazons if you like um <laughs> yeah, but there'll be some there'll be some people out there who won't like it um yeah because <laughs> i don't mean the ward answer build um but you know it's just quite funny but i guarantee dwarf sales shot up in that 15 minute window um, oh yeah where everyone's like oh Oh, Ian's Ian's Amazon team just got really good. I better get that dwarf <laughs> team. Like I reckon, Fanath sold a hundred teams in that that time. Just a, <laughs> a tackle, a, a fifteen minutes tackle. Um, do you think having this here is going to influence Games Workshop's sort of passion and desire to create brand new teams, Ben? Uh. What do you mean? Do you mean like, are they, is it going to pressure them to do it to appease people? Yeah. Or do you mean they're going to want to replace them as soon as possible? Well, this year they've released the Snotling team, which was new, OWA, which was new, and Blackhawks and Nobility, which were both new, and then they redid Necro. Do you think yeah. the fact that these teams are still alive and still canon is going to play into their release strategy because before i was kind of like well they're done now and they're not going to bring these teams back and we were just going to see new teams because they've clearly given up making uh making the old teams but i think that might be not the case anymore what do you think about that are we going to see these teams be revamped before we see brand new teams again um they might alternate maybe I can see them doing that, where they say, here's a new team, and then here's a, here's a revamped team, here's a new team, here's a re-, which I think would be nice to keep things fresh, because I, I'll be honest, I might be un- unpopular, but I really like new stuff. I thought like having the Snotlings just drop was really exciting. Same with Black Orcs. Uh, Nobility was more of a change, I think, rather than a fully new, new team. But, yeah. And I guess... I think that, it's exciting. I guess that's what influences the whole thought of... Well, because I know we talked about it quite quite a lot like actually amazon's gone and they're going to replace them with something similar to amazon's but not actually amazon's which i think is what you were just talking about but now amazon's are there i don't know and more importantly for tournaments and things like that we've got a ton of teams now but we've got 27 if games workshop starts bringing out new teams and new teams and new teams i mean how many teams do you think is too many teams for a for a game for a tabletop game I don't know. I don't think you can have too many in Blood Bowl, personally. We've we've had tournaments to prove that. <laughs> How yeah. many teams were available in Mega Bowl? Nearly, <laughs> nearly five hundred. Yeah, nearly five hundred. Uh, I think that's where Blood Bowl shines with not being a perfectly balanced game between the teams, because you can just kind of release anything and people will play it. Because it's, it's one team. Yeah, you, you run it's your like, one team, and you are a stunty team. You suck. Congrats. Go and make it work. And I think people like that, which is really, it's a really interesting psychology behind Blood Bowl. And, and people really, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever really complained about just like Goblin Team should be better because it's just still fun. Like some of the most fun games you ever play are when you're playing an uphill battle. Because you go into so, it knowing it, don't you? Which is why the, tier, yeah. I think that's probably why they did all the tier three teams earlier on is because. They're just more fun. Yeah. So I really don't think they'll ever get to a point where there's too many teams. Because I just think it's just it just adds more choice, which I think is awesome. But I think we when we we've advocated for it in the podcast where Secret League and Stunty League teams are really exciting. Yeah. 
to play with. It feels it's like just we've more got, interesting stuff. We've, we've got two secret teams now, like with Black Orcs, yeah. because that's just a new team that we've not really played much with, and it's just quite cool to see how it's going to roll and everything. Um, yeah. I, I think that's wicked. Right, brilliant. Do let us know, everybody out there listening, what you think of uh, Teams of Legend, whether you think it's a good idea to have it, whether uh, you think we're going to see these teams before we see new teams, um, because it's really interesting and um, it's really cool to sort of see how everyone's feeling about it. We will take a quick break and be back to talk about leagues. Okay, we are back and we're going to look at Jim and Bob's guide to Blood Bowl leagues. So um, this landed last week and uh, it's basically just a Warhammer community semi-article written in the form of Jim and Bob talking and they are the the commentators for Blood Bowl, which is quite novel. Um, And really, I just wanted to go through and look at some of the advice they've got for leagues and whether or not we think it's a good good fit, Ben. So I'll put this in the the show notes as well. I'm not going to read it out in Jim and Bob voices. I thought we were going to pick. We we're going to pick a character. You don't want to do that, Ben. You don't want to do that live. <laughs> that does sound tempting. Um, who do you want to be? <laughs> who do you want to be? <laughs> I'm not. I, I think if I try Bob, I'll embarrass myself. I sound like a child. <laughs> so Bob is the Bob is the ogre, isn't he? Yeah. That's right, Jim. He's a great way to play. <laughs> 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 Welcome sports fans, I'm Jim Johnson and my colleague here is Bob Bifford and we're here to talk to you eager coaches about how to run your own Blood Bowl League. See? That's right, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. Nah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, right, cool. So basically the first part of it is them talking about how star player points work. We've done that to death on the show and the YouTube channel. Um if you're watching this on YouTube version, you'll see the picture uh, where the, all the models are just not remotely in the squares, which is uh, incredibly oh, yeah. upsetting. Um, <laughs> and the floating arm. <laughs> I, I don't know really what happened here. <laughs> this is just photoshopped. Are these people not on yeah, the bases? If you look on the left-hand side below the blitzer, or it might just be a lineman, yeah, there's like a random arm in the bottom left-hand corner. There's just some random floating chaos bits, <laughs> which is really bizarre. That is really interesting. And they're they are like you can tell because there's no depth. It's all like cropped out and stuck on. It, it's it's a bad image. Why, why on earth would they do that? That makes I'm no imagining. sense. Because COVID, they can't go in and handle and arrange all the stuff. But they, I'm assuming. But there's loads of stuff. There's loads of stock art. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, know. Yeah. Just, anyway. re- just repeat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they um. They talk about SPPs and things like that. And now they've got the bit here. So it said uh, each team in a league or league division, if you've got lots of teams and want to split them up into divisions, plays each other team twice uh, when and where is up to the team's coaches. So they recommend you're running a league where you just have a group and you play each team twice during the season. Teams gain league points for winning and drawing games um, and more for scoring lots of touchdowns or casualties so the way they want to do the league scoring here is a win is three points a draw is one point and a loss is zero points and additionally league commissioners may wish to award bonus points for the following three or more touchdowns scored is one bonus point having a perfect defense so letting no touchdowns in is another bonus point and causing three or more casualties 
uh, counting only those that generate SPP, as described in the step three of the post-game sequence, plus one league point. So if you 3-0 someone and casualty them, you can get six league points straight off the bat. If you go for a nil-nil draw, you get two league points. Uh, if you go for a loss, but you score three casualties, you still get the league point. It's, it's interesting. What do you think about that as a league scoring mechanism, Ben? I think this is cool. We pretty much had this in tournaments, right? It's, like you would get bonus points. For... Yeah, it's very similar to our tournament. Our tournament thing is uh, 30 points for a win, 10 points for a draw. And you get one bonus point for each touchdown and each casualty up to three of each. And one bonus point for perfect defense to reward the Nurgle and Dwarf players out there. Um, to yeah, make them feel I included. think it's... Um, I, I really like this. It really encourages you to do the high score games. which, it, But you could argue, like you just said, Nurgle and Dwarf teams... I to struggle more, you yeah. could argue. I think they would struggle to get three touchdowns. Um, yeah. But, but they don't often struggle to, to refuse touchdowns. So it's it, I at first I was like, uh, this is... Blah, 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 blah. But actually, I have, I'm with you. I think this is a great idea. I'm thinking about it in our league. So our league just uses points for wins. That's it. Wins and draws. And uh, then it, the tiebreaker is on... Strength of schedule, I think, is the first one, and then it's touchdown differential, and then it's casualty differential and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But actually, this, I think, would make players more interested in the other games that are going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll always remind me of that our Football Wobble Cup where oh. we we're all crowded around Lewis in the final. I think you will get that vibe with it, where... You'd have wrapped up your game, and you're just like, right, okay, how is that game going on? Because that game is going to stop me getting in the playoffs if he concedes a touchdown. That's it. Um, if yeah. he, you need to score a touchdown, or he's going to get another bonus point, and I'm not going to be able to catch up. Like, I think that's actually really cool, and it's it's, yeah. it's so funny that it's just such a small thing. And I imagine there are loads of leagues out there that do this already, or use tournament scoring and things like that. Because in tournaments, like Ben said, fubble wobble, all of these bonus points uh, meant that. The last round, because it was a team tournament, was really tense with all the scores and everyone's interested in the other games and the captains were kind of just doing the maths. And it was just awesome. And yeah, it would be really good in your league and in your division to be like, oof, actually he 3-0'd him. So he's got four points now. He got four points from that. Yeah. Yeah, five points actually for a 3-0, you know. And if you max it out, it's it's the equivalent of two wins. And... um. I love it from a game point of view. I don't understand it from a theme point of view. So we don't often delve into the lore and stuff or the the, the theme of Blood Bowl, but Blood Bowl is a massively narrative-driven thing. You, okay, you are fantasy role-playing a coach and your team is playing in a in a tournament that's being run in a fantasy land. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess in fantasy land they just have the same system, like. If you if you cause three casualties, you get a bonus point. Um, um, what what so what is it about the theme that sort of doesn't sit right with you? Well, causing causing casualties is great, but there's never been like um, in world bonuses for casualties. They've kept them. They've kept fatalities for and fatalities against and stuff like that. But it's never been used as like a a winning situation or a winning thing for a team. It's not like this team got into the playoffs by murdering loads of people. That team got into the playoffs by murdering loads of people and still scoring touchdowns, which really should okay. be kind of is synonymous. Um, so I guess I guess it doesn't matter at all. Like it's just it's just cool. 
and I think it's going to work really well. So, <laughs> the, yeah. And they said at the end of the season, when a team has played every other team twice, the teams with the highest league points will go through to playoffs. Uh, that's semi-finals of the final or quarter-finals if there are enough teams. So there's there's two things to do. I read a thread, I think, in Blood Bowl community today where someone was like, how do you... Playoffs uh, tend to suck the life out of our league um, because mm. everybody stops playing for a month. Um, and that's a I really... It's like... That's a really shocked, right? Yeah. Because, like, actually only four or, you know, whatever teams are still kind of actively playing. Now, we've always done it in our league that while the playoffs are going on, other teams can just play friendlies, but they get max benefits or even some bonuses um, to make those. So, basically, other coaches get... A, a, a head start into the next league basically they start playing yeah. games and, and you know that's that's worked out all right it gives people the opportunity to play different teams to try out different teams and, and keep their bonuses if they get some um I, but uh, some people have said actually what we do is we have a one-day tournament where all the finalists come along and we play blood bowl all day and, and find a winner i'm like i love the idea of that um that's a good show yeah logistically difficult but the next thing is is it says about prizes it's suggested prizes for the league so Prizes are awarded to the teams who finish first, second, and third place in addition to any winnings generated in the post-game sequence. Third place gets 30k, second place gets 60k, and first place gets 100k, and all happens before expensive mistakes, so you can't lose the winnings. Um, and the league trophy is held by the winners until the end of the next season. For as long as a team holds a league trophy, it adds an additional team reroll to its draft list, increasing the value but doesn't have to pay any money for it. Um, that's pretty big it is pretty big it's very win more because you're getting 100k and a real (laughs) (laughs) so it's a lot it really is it is but then it goes in to say at the end of the season coaches can raise money to redraft their teams now don't want to go too much into redrafting here i think we probably have a look at it a look at it a little bit uh, further down the road ben and we'll have some some math scenarios and everything like that done um but basically they say you get all this loot but there is a redraft and redrafts i am famously not a fan of because i believe it's just win more and i don't think i i I prefer catch-up mechanisms than win more mechanisms how 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 do you what do you what's your take on that then 100 percent. it's like this person took this team everyone else before started off with a like a big bonus and now he has a big bonus is he just going to do it again yeah. it's it's a little bit like feels bad i i think to be fair i haven't played in i've only really played properly in one full league at wobble and so i haven't really experienced this full redraft thing and this was anyway after you had changed the rules um so yeah. I can't really say what it was like to do that. And from what I've seen is a lot of people take a new team anyway. Yeah, the new team situation, I think, is probably the best way to do it. And uh, it's really tough because putting effort into your tabletop team takes weeks and weeks and months and months. So it was very brutal for someone who played an Orc team for six weeks, uh, six games, didn't do very well, and then basically had to lose all the stuff that they actually got. Whereas my the ultimate thing was that my Skaven team just did so well, I hardly had to lose anything. I was like, yeah. so I don't really have to lose anything, but uh, that bloke over there has to lose his guard troll. Like this just uh, <laughs> this just seems yes. really harsh. Oh, right. um, and that was kind of what put us off the drafts. 
Um, but that's why we went we went Eternal. Um, but it's all about at that point having catch up mechanics and things like that. And that's that's kind of what I want to cover on another episode with you, Ben. It's the redraft and then we'll recover uh, new players to old leagues, which is uh, something we did a little while ago. And I think redoing it for Blood Bowl 2020 with a new draft sort of rules and once we've got to, to grips with the game a little bit more um because there's a whole couple of pages on the playoffs and um you know how to how to get stuff now all of this stuff that they put on the Warner community is in the rule book um it's just quite good that they've done a little little bit out there to, to talk it through um redrafts leagues interesting um i'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on how you do it in your in your world um i think that's the beauty of this though like sure this article really does help new leagues and coaches or give them an idea of what to do but i think the whole concept of the league commissioner is something that's really good for blood bowl where you it's a lot easier to make your rules so what we were saying before where it's like home brewing is is quite difficult i think it's kind of encouraged with leagues like really run them how you think is fair how to make how to make it most enjoyable because you really can do anything yeah within your league it's very easy to it's a lot easier to say in this league it's eternal you know your teams can carry over you can like bench certain players or whatever um then it is to say you can't run this team with a lot you. easier to, to do the former massively with you on that prizes is another thing that that's really quite interesting these prizes here are quite generic that re-roll is quite tough i mean in the old rules there was loads of different prizes that were like you get a wizard for your season and stuff like this which obviously i'm a massive fan of here but yeah. um is it the fairest thing in the world probably not um and it's, it's just really yeah. really really difficult because it's funny for a game that's so swingy like so incredibly swingy we we cling to any semblance of fairness. It's yes, so it's such a paradox. Uh, it's yeah, so, it's it's really you're, funny. You're a you're a rules designer. You're a games designer. Um, you you know how the you know what this is like. I'm sure where it's like you've you just have to make everything as perfectly balanced as possible. Really drives you crazy. Yeah, we had some. Uh, this is why we're doing the kind of the redesign of of Engage because there was a, a combo of systems you could take on a, on a ship. So you could design an organic ship and it could have a bio-redistributor, which basically you could cause hull damage to generate auxiliary power to boost up other systems. But okay. then you could also have a regenerative system that automatically you could roll each turn and you would sometimes just regenerate your hull. So I played this one ridiculous game where I had this this team of my bio fleet and basically just spent the first few turn turns eating itself to supercharge its weapons and then it just went and healed all the damage and i just kept just boosting its <laughs> weapons and it just became this absolute beast uh at which point i was like i need to <laughs> we need to, we need to change that one. that one completely flipped through play testing and about four years of the game being out there with hundreds of copies sold and i was like oh wow. so it's only until i went really deep that i discovered that actually balances um there's always going to be a way to kind of break something but yeah uh, but the thing is with blood bowl is that actually you know what you want a league um you're the champions like it is a it is an extra reroll and it does go to your tv but it's an extra reroll on your tv so you you're paying for it in team value so it's an interesting one it's an interesting what one. what would be a good incentive in your opinion i'm a big to, to win. i'm a big fan of wobble dollars um 
big, but that probably just suits our league. So Wobble Dollars basically are is is cash for games that you can use to. If so, say you want a tournament, yeah, want a tournament, want a league, and you get like fifty Wobble Dollars, and that's fifty thousand that you can then spend on any team. So you can go and win the championship with one team. So you go take 